It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Today, we are going to talk about a fun topic, and I'm hoping that you will be convinced of what I have to tell you by the time we are done. Today, our topic is, yours is the greener grass. Yes, it is. How often have you looked at someone else's life and thought, wow. How nice it must be to be him. If only I had her looks, I would. If only I had her car, I would. If only I had his job, I could. If only I had children like that, maybe my life would be. But have you considered that actually you are where someone else wants to be. Yours is the greener grass. Now, I will start with this. There was a time when I was married. I was married to a tall, dark, handsome husband. I mean, literally. He was six foot three. He was dark. He was handsome, and um, he could even sing and play the saxophone. Pretty amazing. I had a nice house in the suburbs, two gorgeous kids. I didn't have the picket fence, but I had an invisible fence. And uh, I had a dog, and I had a great career. And there were so many people who would say to me, Wow, how lucky that you are. Married to this tall, dark, handsome husband. How nice that you have this beautiful house in the suburbs. How beautiful that you have these gorgeous kids. And, well, it's not a picket fence, but how lovely is your (laughs) Right? And your two dogs, even two gorgeous dogs. Then down to one gorgeous dog. And how lucky that you have this great career. Right? Okay. And I thought to myself, self, I'm a pretty lucky chick. Life ain't so bad. Then I went through a divorce. And wouldn't you know it, there were people who said, oh, now, my girlfriends who are married, oh, you are so lucky you have no idea. You are free and single to live and date and find, you know, A better deal than you had before. How nice that you still have this lovely house in the suburbs. How lovely that you have these two gorgeous kids. And the fact that you share custody with your ex-husband means you have freedom that the rest of us married women with young children don't have. Matter of fact, we are just no different from single parents because, frankly, my husband really doesn't help me very much with the children. As a matter of fact, he is, you know, one of those guys who acts like he's babysitting when he's asked to watch his own kids. He would almost charge me to watch 
the kids. <laughs> How lucky that you get to travel all over the world. My goodness, you have the best of single life. And then my girlfriends who didn't have children said, oh, how lucky that you have the best of both worlds. My goodness, you're single and you have children. I am single. I've never been married. I don't have children. This sucks. And how lucky it is for you that you have you have experienced what marriage is like because I've never experienced it. How lucky for you that you have experienced what it is to have beautiful children because I may never have children. And so I thought to myself, you know, this life ain't so bad. This is a pretty good situation. I am lucky, aren't I? And I felt good about it. Now I'm going to tell you a story that brings these two things to life because, you know, when I was married, there were people who thought mine was the greener grass. When I was single, well, not that I am single, there are lots of people who think mine is the greener grass. And the irony is I agree with both of them. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not sure if I could agree with uh, my situation. It, it ain't looking so green. Let me tell you a story. There was a story of a yogi. This yogi was looking at at God when he was a soul before he comes to earth. And God says, okay, so my son, what would you like when you go down to earth? And the yogi says, well, I want to be rich. I want to be close to you. And, um, you know, I think that will probably do me just fine. Fine. So the Lord says, okay, no problem. I'm going to send you down. And uh, he gets down to earth. And uh, wouldn't you know it, he is indeed wealthy, and he is close to God, but his health is horrible. And he ends up dying of ill health. Shucks. So he dies, he goes to heaven, he is back to being a soul. And God says, well, my son, I am going to send you back down to earth, for there is more to do. Is there anything that you would like? And the yogi, thinking himself now smart, says, oh, yes. Um, what good is money if I am unhealthy? Because not all the money in the world will cure the disease that I had. So here's what I want. Don't care anything about money. I want to be healthy, and I want to be close to you, God. And uh, God says, okay, my son, no problem. So he sends him down to earth. And he is indeed very healthy, healthy as a horse, in fact. And uh, he is close to God, just like the yogi asked. But wouldn't you know it, he can't keep money between his fingers for the life of him. And um, instead, then, because he can't hold on to any money ever, he ends up not being able to afford food. So that healthy man, healthy as a horse, ends up dying of poverty. Well, he goes back. He is now back to being a soul. He's uh, up there for a while. And God says, well, my son, I have to send you down to, uh, to earth, for there is still much to be done. Is there anything that you would have that you would like to ask of me? And the yogi thinking, you know, I think I got it now. And uh, I, I, I'm going to make the request that is idiot-proof. Foolproof. God said, okay, fine. What is that? I want to be healthy, wealthy, and close to you. So God says, is that all you want? 
he thinks about it and he goes, mm, yep, I think I covered everything. So he goes down to earth. And indeed, he is healthy and he is wealthy and he has everything he could want. He's close to God, but guess what? He ends up being lonely and he dies of loneliness. Goes back up to heaven. He's back to being a soul at some point in the future. Uh, our father says to him, well, my son, you need to go back down to earth because there is much to do. Uh, would you like to make any requests? And, 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 and the yogi says, I am on to you now. Yes, yes, I have the foolproof request. I want to be healthy, wealthy, close to you, and I want a companion. So God says, is that all you want? Yep, yep, yep. I want a companion. If I have all those things, I'll be fine. So he goes down to earth. He's healthy, he's wealthy, he's close to God. Sure enough, he has a companion. Beautiful angel. Unfortunately, two years into their marriage, she gets sick and she dies. Once more, the poor yogi dies of loneliness. Goes back to heaven. After some time, he's been in heaven, and um, God says to him, Hey, so... um, My son, I need you to go back down to earth, for there is much to do. Is there anything you would like to ask? And the yogi says, I am unto you, you trickster, you. You will not trick me this time. And God said, oh, really? Well, what is it that you want this time? And he says, well, I have the foolproof request. Okay, what is that? I want to be healthy, wealthy, close to you, have a long-living companion. God said, are you sure that's what you want? Yep, that's what I want. Are you sure? Yep, anything else? Nope, I'm good. Give me that and I'm good. So he goes down to earth. He he is healthy. He is wealthy. He's close to God, has everything he needs, marries a woman who lives way too long, and she nags him day in, day out. She's just a nag. Nags him to death. (laughs) Well, he goes back up to heaven feeling like he's been tricked by the future he picked. But now he's got it. And uh, the next time God says to him, well, my son, you need to go down because there's a lot to do. Is there anything you would like? And he says, uh-huh, full proof. I want to be healthy, wealthy, close to you. I want to have a long, living, and beautiful companion who is beautiful on the inside and who is good to me. God says, is that all you want? Yep. Okay. So he goes down to earth. Sure enough, he's healthy, he's wealthy, he's close to God, and he marries this woman who's just the most beautiful soul. Kind, considerate, best companion ever. Unfortunately, since he wanted someone who lives long, she lived too long, and guess what happened? She started aging. And he goes to work, and he sees his beautiful 22-year-old secretary. She is fine. And then he goes back to his loving, wonderful wife, but she's old, and she's wrinkled, and she's not so gorgeous. And he comes to work, and he gets to look all day at the short-skirted, sexy, gorgeous, winking, twinkling, wiggling secretary, and finally he can't resist. He ditches the lovely wife, runs away with the secretary, who, by the way, 
was having an affair uh, with another man, much younger than this guy. And between the two of them, they cheat this healthy, wealthy, wonderful man out of all of his money, and they run off. And in the end, the yogi died poor and lonely. So all that to say, had the yogi appreciated his greed and grass, he would have never fallen into that situation. <laughs> so the next time he goes to heaven, father says to him, so, my son, what would you like this time? And he finally says, I'm on to you. I got it. I finally got it. And God says, really? What you got? What do you want? I just want to be with you. I don't care where I am because I know that where you are is where I want to be. Whether I'm rich or poor, whether I have the beautiful wife or the old wife, the nagging wife, as long as I'm with you, that's all that matters. And so is the story of contentment. Yours is the greener grass. And you might be thinking that actually there can be happiness in somebody else's shoes. Maybe if you were a star, you'd have the perfect life. Well, let's look at examples of some of the most famous people of our time. Marilyn Monroe. At the peak of her beauty, at the height of her success, she died and she was only 36. At the height of her initial success, right after her baby one more time hit the top of the charts, Britney Spears mused as to why she was still lonely. Jimi Hendrix, famous guitarist, psychedelic rock, hard rock, blues rock, performed at the famous Woodstock Musical Festival, along with many of the most popular rock bands of the time in 1969, dead at 27 of a suspected drug overdose. Kurt Cobain, best known as the lead singer, guitarist, and primary songwriter of the very successful grunge band Nirvana, overdosed on a combination of champagne and rohypnol at age 28. Marvin Gaye, famous American singer-songwriter and musician. Gaye helped to shape the sound of Motown records in the 1960s with a string of hits including How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, and Let's Get It On. Wouldn't you have loved to be Marvin Gaye? But guess what? He struggled with depression throughout his life, tried to commit suicide, was ultimately shot by his father with a gun Marvin had given him. Marvin died the day before he turned 45. Do I need to go on? Elvis Aaron Presley. An American singer and actor, a cultural icon, he is commonly known by the single name Elvis. That's just how famous this man is. One of the most popular musicians of the 20th century, often referred to as the king of rock and roll or just the king. President Jimmy Carter issued a statement that credited Presley with having permanently changed the face of American pop culture. 
Presley holds the records for the most songs charting in the Billboard's Top 40 and Top 100. After his divorce from Priscilla Presley, note that even he got divorced, in 1973, things really went downhill. Twice during the year, he overdosed on barbiturates, spending three days in a coma in his hotel suite after the first incident. Toward the end of 1973, he was hospitalized semi-comatose for the effects of Demerol addiction. He finally died at age 42, suspected drug overdose. And speaking of kings, what about the king of pop? Michael Jackson is recognized as the most successful entertainer of all time by the Guinness World Records. His contributions to music, dance, and fashion, along with his publicized personal life, made him a global figure in pop culture for over four decades. Jackson's 1982 album Thriller was the best-selling album of all time. His other records included Off the Wall, Bad, Dangerous, His Story, also rank among the world's best-selling. Jackson is one of the few artists to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. He was also inducted into the Dance Hall of Fame as the first and only dancer from pop and rock music. His were the only concerts I ever personally watched where women literally, literally fainted and cried en masse just because they saw him on stage. That dude had some power. Wouldn't it have been great to be Michael Jackson? You might have thought so until you learned that he grew up in a house fraught with physical abuse and he always had a tumultuous relationship with his dad. Or you might have thought so until he was accused of child molestation and tried. By the time he died at the young age of 50, you might have been thinking it might not be so great to be Michael Jackson. a king. Maybe you'd rather be a a princess. What about Lady Diana? Well known for her fundraising work for international charities and as an eminent celebrity of the late 20th century. Her fairy tale wedding to the Prince of Wales on 29 July 1981 was held at St. Paul's Cathedral and seen by global television audiences of over Uh, an audience of over 750 million people. Wasn't that the pinnacle of a wonderful life? Marrying a prince in front of all those people with that long, long bridal train, I still remember it, it went halfway down the aisle. Man! But even when she married Prince Charles, there were rumors that he really wanted to marry Camilla, but couldn't because she was from the wrong side of the tracks. They reportedly... He and Camilla reportedly had an affair long before he ever married Princess Di. He and Princess Diana had reportedly an estranged relationship through her life, despite giving birth to two wonderful sons, Harry and William, who are second and third in line for the British throne. She died in a tragic car accident, we all remember it, I'm sure, at the tender age of 36. Now, you might be thinking, well, that was her. Maybe I'd rather be with Camilla, because after all, in the end, Camilla got the guy, and she married Prince Charles. No doubt, I'm sure, after all of the 
rumor and the scandal, the royal family probably said, okay, fine. But guess what? Even Camilla has not had the best situation because even as we speak, there are rumors that the two of them, uh, Charles and Camilla, are now on the outs and they might even be getting divorced. So, like I said, your grass might just be greener. Now, you might be thinking, well, what if I was just somebody famous, like somebody in the Kennedy family, right? Um, Very wealthy, very powerful family. But let's just go through some of the ills that have fallen the Kennedys. Joseph P. Kennedy, Jr., the oldest Kennedy son, died in a plane crash over the English Channel during World War II in 1944. He was 29 at the time. Kathleen Kennedy Cavendish uh, died in a plane crash, too, in France at the age 28 in 1948. Her husband, William John Robert Cavendish, uh, the Marquess of Hardington, died in World War II. Patrick Bouvier Kennedy, the second son of President Kennedy and his wife Jacqueline, died on August 7, 1963, two days after he was born, almost six weeks premature. That was back then. President John F. Kennedy, assassinated on November 22, 1963, in Dallas. He was 46. Senator Edward M. Kennedy, the youngest Kennedy child, escaped death in a plane crash that claimed his aide, Edward Moss, in 1964. Robert F. Kennedy, we know what happened to him, assassinated on June 5, 1968 in L.A. He was only 42, and he had just won California's Democratic presidential primary election. Personally, I think out of, you know, if I was, if I was Robert F. Kennedy, I think I would have died and gone to heaven, assuming I got to have a conversation with the Lord, and I would have said, but the presidency was right in front of me. How could you take me away at such a critical moment? I'm just saying that's what I would have said. But moving on, Edward M. Kennedy drives off a bridge on his way home from a party on Massachusetts' Chappaquiddick Island in 1969. Mary Jo Kopechny, or Kopechny, I'm not sure how to say that, an aide who was in the car with him died in the accident as well. Edward M. Kennedy, the senator's son, lost his right leg to cancer in 1973. Joseph P. Kennedy, the second son of Robert and Ethel, is the driver in a car accident on Cape Cod that leaves one passenger permanently paralyzed in 1973. David A. Kennedy, son of Robert, uh, died of a drug overdose in Palm Beach, Florida. He was only 28. That was in 1984. Patrick Kennedy, the teenage son of Senator Edward Kennedy, had underwent treatment for cocaine addiction in 1986. William Kennedy Smith, the son of Gene Kennedy Smith, accused of raping a woman. You remember this? It was all over the news. All over the news. Uh, accused of raping a woman at the family's Palm Beach, Florida vacation home. Uh, in 1991, he was tried and acquitted, by the way. So, not so bad for him, but still. Michael Kennedy, 
son of Robert Kennedy, died in a skiing accident in Aspen, Colorado at age 39 in 1997. You know, personally, when I hear of people getting killed in these personal planes and skiing, sometimes I think, you know, having too much money is just not such a good thing. So I could go on and on. Senator Edward, Senator Edward Ted, Ted Kennedy, diagnosed with malignant brain tumor on May 20, 2008, died August 25, 2009. His sister Eunice Kennedy Shriver died two weeks earlier on August 11, 2009. 2012, Mary Richardson Kennedy, 52-year-old estranged wife of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., found dead of her Bedford, New York home. She died of an apparent suicide. So, all that to say, and I'll leave you with one more thought. I come from Zimbabwe. I speak Shana. In Shana, we have a saying that goes, Chaka fukiza zimbama tenga. Chaka fukiza zimbama tenga. That which covers houses or roofs. And it's, if I were to put it in straight English, I would say it means, you know, you don't know essentially what goes on under the roof of another. Or uh, do not ever assume what's in another man's wallet. Be grateful, be content, because yours is the greener grass. No one gets everything, and there's no one else who is better off than you. This is Biwe saying go in peace. Practice contentment and remember that yours is the greener grass. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Live well, live fully, and love deeply.